You are listening to a Life with Kenny podcast. All right, what's up? I'm here with my good friend Patrick. Patrick, how's it going, buddy? Good, man. Good. We're gonna do something a little different this week. We're breaking the the uh, ninja movie rule, and we're gonna start doing other movies and branching out. And what better person to bring on to totally derail this podcast other than Shane Jeffrey? What's up, pussies? This is this is Shane. Uh, <laughs> Perfect guy to bring on. We have this game, Shane, that we, we play once in a while called Controversial Bingo. You get a letter for every time you say something controversial or... So not one letter? Well, I don't know if that's one yet. We, we uh, almost got bingo one time. We got a lot of necrophilia yeah. and yeah, all that, that was, stuff that was into, good. into an episode. So yeah, Ethan was crushing it. You know, feel, <laughs> feel free to play it up, but just know like some of your fucking friends and people might actually hear this. Don't don't, worry, don't no one listens about. to your podcast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, have you listened to this? You're like, not yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> so a little backstory, me and Shane go back uh, several years. Probably like we kind of know each other. We went to the same high school, but we weren't in the same grade. And uh, shows mostly. Shows mostly. I remember my first actual like interaction with you is at a show. There was like a fundraiser, and you were getting waxed. Oh yeah. Is that right? Yeah. I remember you decided to wax a giant dick into my chest hair. <laughs> that's how it turns out. And now, now, now that's how my uh, chest hair grows into a giant dick. <laughs> That's it, incredible. It, it's like the perfect, perfectly fitting superhero symbol for you, to be honest. <laughs> if there's any consolation, my chest hair makes me look like a giant dick. <laughs> All right, so we're talking Isn't about... the dab symbol? <laughs> no, it's just hardly any. You can literally count them. I have to monitor it every night before I go to sleep. I my arms, I have to shave them. Yeah. If I lose one, I'm worried I've got radiation poisoning. <laughs> Just every night he's like rubbing Rogaine on his chest. Like. Oh, yeah. yeah. I actually sleep in Rogaine. <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah, man, you're welcome. I'm awesome. never sleeping over. Okay, <laughs> so today we're talking about the uh, legendarily great slash bad movie, depending who you ask. Shane, what what do you feel about The Room? Well, I, like personally, the movie itself is, is dog shit. Right. But it's our dog shit. <laughs> You just like claimed it now. Um, well, I mean, personally, the movie's awful, but like, like I, I don't get how people watch it by themselves. Yeah, no. Somebody told me that they've watched it. They were like, "Yeah, no, I've seen that movie like once or twice with like a couple friends, and it wasn't that good." And I'm like, "No, it's not. Not at all. <laughs> why? No, why are you doing this? They're like, why would you watch it by yourself <laughs> or like with two friends? Like that yeah. would be the worst experience ever." Yeah, I think I think going to the movie, going to the theater, is what makes seeing the room worth it right just because everybody's there for the movie and everybody's there for the experience of the games and then the spoons and yelling which we're here to discuss tonight which we're here to discuss so the main reason of this podcast we're actually going to do this as a whole episode before the movie and then i'm going to bring a portable recorder so it might sound like shit to get patrick's thoughts after we watch it so it'll be <laughs> Mostly pre pre movie stuff, but this movie, like my first experience watching this, uh, Shane actually invited me to go see it for the first time in the theaters, and I knew nothing about it. It was before Disaster Artist, and I looked at the trailer and I was like, "Why do you want me to go go to this fucking movie?" <laughs> and he's like, "Dude, you just have to trust me. Like, just come out; it'll be fun." So we went out, and it was like a fucking great time. Like the first time we went, that was with me, you, Sean, and Tristan. Uh, yeah, the first. No, the first time was just 
Um, was it just me and you the first time? I Maybe. think we've gone three times now together. Yeah, I think the first time was, I think, was me, you, Tristan, Sean, and McLean. Right, and then the second time... Was just you and I? Well, the second time, I think, was with Johnny, because that's when, oh. that's when uh, my second time seeing it is when I, I had a little bit of his vape, <laughs> <laughs> and we went a little bit stoned, <laughs> and it made the movie, like, ten times better than my first time, so... Uh, and then the third time I went was with you and we, you were like chatting up some girls the whole time. <laughs> and we actually yeah. met Greg Sestero, which was, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was pretty that amazing. That was best friends as well, yeah. Who, uh, who plays Mark in the movie. I don't know. Have you seen, uh, Disaster Artist at all, Patrick? I watched, um, I tried to watch it on my own and fell asleep five minutes in. Right. And woke up somewhere towards the end thinking, whoa. <laughs> what went on right there for imagine a that minutes. imagine that happening watching the room by yourself <laughs> I'd wake up just mad you'd wait what the fuck you'd wake up to that ending and just like copy it yourself <laughs> yeah pretty much okay so let's let's talk a little bit about this movie Shane uh, what's your first experience with this movie my first experience was when uh, me McLean a girl I was dating at the time we went and it was actually the first time it was my first time, but it was actually the first it was the first time I think that they actually had Greg and Tommy in the city. Oh, really? And meeting Tommy was... Surreal, probably. It was weird. <laughs> I remember walking, because I never, like, meeting him now would be even cooler than meeting him the first time, because the first time I hadn't Didn't seen him. Didn't know who he was. So I just was like, oh, it's him. Like, cool. <laughs> he was throwing a football around, and I was just like, okay, that's cool. But if I were to meet him now, I'd probably fangirl a little bit. That was like because me. Because it is Tommy. That was me when we met Greg Sestero. I'd yeah. only seen it like twice. And I, I like told I told you, I was like, oh, I'm, this is going to be fine. And then as soon as I went up there, I was like, hey, but uh, big, big fan of big fan of your movie. It's awesome. Uh, but like, do you tell him that you're a fan of your movie? Because does he know you're lying? Or does he like... <laughs> That's the thing is, as I was saying it, I was no like... no one's really fans. Where the fuck is he from? Uh, where Where is he from? Because every time someone asks him, he says, I'm from... America. New yeah, he, well, he says <laughs> yeah, that's he it. says New Orleans. <laughs> um, I think no, like, he says New Orleans. Yeah, so I New think Orleans. the the running theory is like Lithuania or some shit like that. Yeah, some Eastern European country for sure. Yeah, he's like the depths of the European wilderness. Right, but he he admitted because uh, on I don't remember what interview it was someone asked him to run for president and he said he couldn't because he's not American. Right. So he, he he's he's the slowly bank. he's slowly coming out with his secrets yeah. after the di- disaster artist because he made all his money um, in like underwear. Yeah, no, I I know about that. He had a it was a jean company, a denim company, and a leather jacket company. Yeah, that blew up, and he made millions. I think is what I heard. Oh. Yeah. Because well, they spent they spent well. We'll talk about the budget a little bit, but they spent <laughs> they spent way too fucking much money on this movie. A dollar would have been too much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Patrick, what's your first experience with this movie? Um, I think it was when I played the first couple of shows with the band I was in in England, and a bunch of people that we met in like the northern part of England were talking about how they all watched it, and it was ridiculous. And I was like, what the fuck is this movie? Why would they watch it if it was so garbage? And I ended up just watching... Like, That's the question, hey? <laughs> I ended up just watching a few things about it on YouTube. And I was like, what the fuck? 
how is this a movie? Right. It was like it was like, it was like watching Birdemic for the first time. Don't get me started on Birdemic. <laughs> Do not even bring that word up. Just, so, just so you know, Shane, that movie. I'm bringing you back to watch Birdemic next week. <laughs> oh my god! I will not watch it. I'll fucking break my leg. I'll do something to get out of it. I hate Birdemic. No, I genuinely hate that movie. I went to a double feature for that movie with McLean and Tristan, and Birdemic was the second movie. What was the I first wa- one? I don't remember. That's how mad I was. was I walked it? out fucking pissed. I just was like to my friends, I was like, why did you bring me to this? And they were laughing. I thought the movie was funny. I just thought it was awful. You know, I it feel like was Patrick so might bad. react that way to this movie tonight. Well, see, there's no games during Birdemic. Well, there is. It's Are there games? Oh, I don't. It's uh, the... Is there birds? There's the birds. That's pretty much the only game in there. Oh my god! Because they fucking cut to a shot those, outside of the house, and there's birds. Those 1999 gifs, of birds, <laughs> Microsoft, Microsoft Paint. Literally not even gifs. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it just like fucking those rubber birds from the dollar store on like wires that they just shook no, up? No, I th- honestly think they were like poorly computer generated. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. The first ones were poorly CGI. Jesus yeah, and they Christ! Yeah, they caught fireballs. Yeah. And um, no toxic, toxic I'm, acid I'm as well. To. I'm gonna yeah, have to watch rubber fire, spit, yeah, fire. spitting acid at people. I'm gonna have to watch rubber sometime too. Rubber was an alright movie. Uh, have you heard about that one? I haven't heard about rubber. No. Do you want to tell Patrick? Rubber is about a, a tire that just rolls around the desert. <laughs> people are like watching it. I've only seen it once, so I can't. Wait, doesn't it start killing people? It kills people. Yeah, you look look at the tire. And it, like, I think I saw a trailer up. for it. <laughs> yeah. you, you know when you like you just get lost in YouTube, just watching movie trailers yeah and then you find that one it's like all right it's time to go to bed now there was there was a list of top 10 worst movies that i and my ex-girlfriend sat down and decided to watch and the room was on the one of them um uh uh, like it was a list of like poorly made movies Mm -hmm. and movies that you shouldn't watch like sallow was on there um birdemic have you seen troll 2 troll 2 was also on that list we never watched it but have you you haven't seen it before no i haven't either that's one we should watch are you in for that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Shane was shaking his head yes. So he's, he's I'm, I'm always down for horror. Like, I'm always down for bad horror movies. But I heard Troll Two was actually really good. Yeah, McLean I think it's. Really likes it, so. I think it's on the level with the room, from what I hear. Oh really? Oh. For like bad good, you know what I mean? Yeah. Have you seen uh, Miami Connection? No. That's a movie that we covered on this. It's that I would movie. I would recommend watching <laughs> with some friends, man. David Schwimmer was caught in another little incident there, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. So there's a guy in That's that movie just... that looks just like David Schwimmer, and the whole joke was like, man, his career went downhill since Friends to be in like, the worst <laughs> fucking movie we've ever seen. <laughs> what year is that? There must be just like <laughs> 83, a lot of, I think. A lot of Miami Schwimmer Connection. lookalikes. Mm-hmm. A lot of what, sorry? Schwimmer lookalikes. Oh, just man, yeah. Hidden in the darkest parts of the world. One of them is Blackpool, obviously, which is the sketchiest end of the fucking planet. Right. Christ. So you know about that that area? Oh, yeah. Oh, 1987. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking phenomenal, man. You can watch it on YouTube right now for free. Uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll have to do another fucking Miami Connection episode and invite <laughs> you over because it's fucking bad shit, man. It's insane. Oh, uh, did they re-release it in 2012? Yeah. Oh, okay. What? Yeah, it was well. It was lost, and then they found. Uh, oh yeah, they found the original Sick. print on eBay. A guy, Alamo Draft House, bought it for like fifty cents or five bucks or something, and then they played it, and it's made a ton of money since they started releasing it and stuff. So, um, but yeah, let's get back to the room. Yeah, uh, got a little off topic there. <laughs> it's all good. 
So we got, uh, we're going to probably do like a fairly short episode. We got about an hour to kill still. We got to run and get some spoons before the movie still. So oh, 200 spoons. So every time you say spoons, I get really excited because it's just like the name of a chain pub from England that sells incredibly cheap food and alcohol, but it's actually pretty good shit. I remember you telling so me that you, joke. You, you said, like, he, I saw a text from Kenny saying, yeah, it'll be great. I'll get the spoons. And my whole body just went, fucking spoons. Yes, yeah, this guy Kenny. was so pumped. He's like, is there spoons here? Is there like a pub here? <laughs> like, I just thought you'd found like the one weather spoons that was caught up in some sort of warp hole and ended up in Canada somewhere. I was like, yes, Kenny. Let's fucking do it, man. And you like said it was actual spoons and I don't think I've ever been more disappointed. Yeah, well, you're going to be even more disappointed up until the point that it's happening in the movie, probably. Because yeah, yes. uh, my first experience, I didn't have spoons, but the second time me and Shane went, the dude showed up with a backpack full of spoons. <laughs> yeah, and I had edibles in the backpack, too, and my edibles kept falling out because I kept putting out the spoons. And my edibles kept you were out. like, you kept asking me, do you want to do edibles? And I'm like, I don't want to do edibles right now. We're, we're about to watch the room. I don't want to do edibles. Okay, so... <clears throat> The room. Uh, so the ratings. Let's let's uh, tell you a little about the ratings, Patrick. Tell so, tell him the plot of it first. Okay. <laughs> Johnny is a successful banker who lives happily in San Francisco townhouse <laughs> with his fiance Lisa. One day, inexplicably, that she poor. she gets <laughs> bored of him and decides to seduce Johnny's best friend Mark. From there, <laughs> nothing will be friend. the same again. Wow. His best friend. Right. So that's the plot of the movie. The whole plot of the movie is that Lisa gets bored. Right. <laughs> okay. I'm going to set one rule right now with Shane. We do not talk about the ending. Oh, you know. Okay. Fine. We can't spoil that for Patrick. No, we'll talk okay. about it after in the car, but we can't talk about it now. <laughs> the ending, the ending, like I, I knew about the ending and I went and watched the movie and it's still, f I, I still, when I watch it to this day, I don't know how to process that fucking ending. <laughs> I'm very excited. <laughs> okay, so this movie has a 3.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Which is very, very generous. 26% <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Which is very generous. <laughs> very generous. 9% on Metacritic. <clears throat> wow. They were a little harsh, I think. It's more of a, it's a soft 11. Soft <laughs> <laughs> 11. That was my nickname in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Google users, 78% of people liked this movie. Which so. is different than the critic score, I right. would say. Well, because all it is is a thumbs up or a thumbs down. There's not an actual This movie rating. is enjoyable. Well. <laughs> it's enjoyable when you take it not seriously. When you don't take right. it seriously, it's the movie's enjoyable. If you took it seriously, like, you can't put this movie onto, like, a an actual, like, movie breakdown podcast and be like, well, I don't know why he chose this direction when he could have, you know, this his camera angles, the filters were a little off. I mean, that you throw that out the book. It kept going out of focus for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll talk about that in a second here too. Milked. So, uh, Shane is basically my resident expert on the room because the first time I went, he literally sent me rules to the movie that I read and I didn't understand so we're going to try and explain this to Patrick well enough so that you have enough heads up for when we're in the theater. Alright, okay. And uh, you're not going to be able to keep up the first time. It'll literally be every like minute and a half there'll be people doing stuff. Very good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it'll it'll be probably a little overwhelming at first, but you'll get into cool. it, I promise. Yeah, I'll be between two people that know what they're doing, so I'll blend in perfectly fine. Oh, you think you're going to be between us? 
Oh yeah, That's maybe not in the movie, but later on. Uh, you can't be between us. How am I going to give Shane a hand job during the movie? <laughs> I could just give you both one. No, then you could be a between ski us. Trip. <laughs> All you guys need to do is intently stare at me, and that'll do the job. <laughs> Don't worry, it'll happen. <laughs> All right, Shane. So, do you want? Do you want to? Do, should I talk about the movie a little bit more? Do you want to go through the movie a bit? Do you want to talk about trivia, or do you just want to bust into the rules? Well, we could go into the rules. Okay, so do you want to talk about the rules, and then we'll discuss the scenes involving involving them as well? Sure. So the first rule is, whenever there's a spoon on the on on the screen, you have to yell "spoon" and then throw said spoons at the screen. Obviously. So originally, okay. this game came about where. So what happened was, somebody who set the stage, the sound stage or whatever, bought a bunch of pictures from like a dollar store, and they didn't take the pictures out of the picture frames and. In the picture frames were just pictures of spoons. So there's probably a good five, ten minutes in this movie where there's just random spoons in picture frames. There's like, on a, the there's like a minute straight where it's just like this it's the same background and it like just it's just different angles, but the same picture of the spoon is in there. So everyone's just yelling spoon and they're throwing the spoons. So you need a lot of spoons. And we need to be in the middle of the spoon territory because when people yell spoon, spoons. there's a tidal wave that goes over you. <laughs> Jesus And then Christ. you pick them up off the floor and you throw them backwards. Are these like metal spoons as well? No. So the thing is, originally <laughs> it was metal spoons. Yeah. All right, cool. People have become more polite now. Right. Now it is. So now it's, the people realized instead of throwing away like one or two spoons that you probably have laying around at home, you can buy plastic spoons by the hundreds. <laughs> Yeah. So I when I, I say three, three boxes the one time, when I say tidal wave of spoons, I am not fucking around. We're bringing a backpack of spoons with us. Okay, cool. So uh, spoons is probably the one where I was the, most excited for. That's the like the most common one too. And that one, that one just like fucking. That was where I was like, I'm in for this movie. That was it. As soon as the spoons go flying, you're like, okay, I fucking get what this like live thing is about. <laughs> What did you just read? I just forgot about this one rule. Uh, <laughs> whenever Lisa's mother alludes to having cancer, you got to yell cancer at the screen. <laughs> it's like, Wait, cancer. Whatever she what? Just repeat. No, it's not. It's 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 cancer. You yell cancer. <laughs> Is it actually? It's, it's cancer. It's not like cancer. It's cancer. cancer. Lisa's mother alludes to having it once and then never mentions it again. Also, when she touches Lisa on the nose, at some point, <laughs> some people some people shout, I put my evil inside you. <laughs> But what we shout normally is boop. Boop, yeah, it's a boop. You go boop. It's funny because there's like 50, 60 people in the theater going boop. Every time it's like a little yeah. boop, boop. <laughs> it's a fun time, man. Okay, what's the next rule? Cestosterone. Uh, That's a <laughs> right. less commonly known rule. Right. Uh, you yell it anytime, uh, <laughs> any anytime the brawny quilted picker-upper spokesman Greg Sestero is on the screen. People don't usually yell that one. That one is a... Uh, an uncommon one. Well, there's the occasional guy. There's a couple diehards in the theater that do yeah, yell it they still. They do. They do sometimes. And it's, it's funny because it, it'll be like everybody will just calm down from laughing and it'll be silent for maybe 20 seconds, like the only silence in the movie. And then some guy in the back will go, Sestasterone! <laughs> and you're just like, oh yeah, that was the thing. But he has his shirt off a lot in this fucking movie. Which he should, by the way. Yeah. Fucking, I, when I went and shook that dude's hand. <sighs> just kidding. 
He had to hide his erection for a week. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the rule Denny. Whenever you see Denny on the screen, or Denny leaves, it is proper to show goodbye Denny. Whenever he leaves and whenever he walks in, you say, hey, Denny. <laughs> it's usually, hi, Denny. Bye, Denny. Which, uh, yeah, you'll you'll catch on to that. <laughs> the film's also, oh, the film's constantly going in and out of focus. Right. So whenever you notice that, you have to yell, focus, focus. <laughs> it, it sounds, it honestly, reading these myself, I was like, this makes no fucking sense. I don't get any of these. And then once you're in the movie, you're like, why is this movie out of focus? And then you hear everybody yell, focus. <laughs> oh, there's a part where Lisa's neck does this fucking oh, yeah. weird thing. It and does everybody... like this weird boil, like where it like, it, it like, like pops out a little bit. Like a oh. vein starts like. It's like this muscle and it like just sticks out for like 30 seconds. And, and it's, it's just literally just during a normal conversation. staring at you in the fucking face. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable so people People yell, shooter. Or shoot her also also appropriate as quaid get to the reactor what the fuck is that in reference to i don't remember is that like a fucking alien reference or something I honestly don't know i think it might be i, I think we should go for shoot her <laughs> oh yeah yelling this one doesn't go down well because we're a very this city's pretty liberal but yelling because you're a woman i did after that. pretty much every <laughs> Thing that regards a female character, she'd be like, I can't do it. And then someone will yell, because you're a woman. I, d I did that the last screening because I read the rules again. And I was literally the only person in the theater to do it. And Shane uncomfortably was laughing beside me being like, I can't believe you just fucking did that. I'll probably Shit. do it tonight. Do it. Because you're a woman. It'll be like, sweetheart, you have to stay with him because he has all this money. You can't live on your own. Because you're a woman. <laughs> yeah, that's essentially. <laughs> that's the rule. That's not me. That's, that's essentially how that's it goes. That's not my beliefs. That's the rule. That's the room's rules. <laughs> for Tommy for Wiseau's rules. He wrote so yeah, it's very condescending towards women. Whenever yeah. you see uh, the tracking shots of the Golden <laughs> Gate Bridge, which is either going one way or it's literally just reversed. And it's literally 30 seconds of, like, just going across the bridge. You yell, go, 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 go. It's literally 35 seconds of people chanting that. You sound like you're having a good time hearing this. Are you getting excited? This is going to be fucking jokes, man. Is it usually packed as well? Man, I think the last time it sold out, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. So, like, we'll probably get there, like, five, ten minutes early just to make sure that we're, like, in line. But it normally doesn't sell out until, like, closer to the time. Is this start time 10 or is it doors at 10? I don't, I, <clears throat> I didn't look. <clears throat> Maybe Excuse we'll me. go for, like, just after 9.30 to be safe. But. Yeah. Also, um, whenever the sex scene comes on, you gotta clap. It's, it's, um, that well, one was one that I didn't get until like, until like a little bit, like, okay, there's two sex scenes. There's like, I don't know. It feels like eight. It feels like half <laughs> the movie's sex scenes. There's two 10 minute sex scenes. <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> Pretty fucking close. <laughs> and they're literally the exact same set sex scene <laughs> cut up and just pasted later in the movie. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, yeah. Interesting. Also, yeah. there's why, a Why is it at that tempo? Well, it's just with, just with the the song that's playing. I it's usually it's people singing You Are My Rose, too, which is the song. <laughs> and yeah. it's You Are My Rose. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll, <laughs> it'll be jokes, man. Right. Um, there's also... Uh, whenever there's a scene where Tommy's 
hooking up a tape deck to an answering machine. Everybody hums the Mission Impossible theme. And then one guy goes, Yeah, it's... Anybody listening to this, like, don't fucking miss out on the room if it's playing in your hometown. Just go. And even if nobody's there, play the rules by yourself because it's fucking fun. Have you seen the movie or the TV show Full House? No, no. There's so there's there's this there's this famous house from that TV show. Do you have that rule on there? It's that whole row of houses, and it's just like it's like a typical shot. So the movie's set in San Francisco, supposedly, but all you see is just shots of San Francisco. Right. So a lot of the times when there's just random shots of well-known San Francisco things, aka the Golden Gate Bridge, things like that, people always yell, "Where are we?" (laughs) Because it's always. And then when they and there will sh- be like a random s- shot from like what looks like Italy. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be like a street in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> and then it'll cut to the San Francisco Bridge, and everybody just goes, "Where are we?" <laughs> but, but when you're looking over the houses of, of San Francisco, people like to sing "Everywhere You Look, Everywhere You Are," which is the theme song to Full House. Yeah, okay. I'm probably gonna go boop 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 boop. Or also, meanwhile, back in San Francisco. John Stamos. We should just yell John Stamos. Let's start that. <laughs> also, I forgot about this rule. Denny, whenever Denny eats an apple, you're supposed to say, oh shit, metaphor. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that one. That one's a good one. Is there quite a few few more rules? It there feels is, like oh, there's a lot of rules. So you're probably not gonna remember most of these, but some of them will come back, like the focus oh, one. You're supposed to yeah, you're supposed to throw I didn't know this, but this is a new rule, I guess. Well, new to me. But whenever the characters throw a football back and forth, you're supposed to do the exact same thing in the theater. Yeah, no, that was one that I read originally too. But this nobody one usually brings, goes awry. Nobody really brings footballs. I th- I heard, I think it might have been you, but somebody said at the one where Tommy actually came down for, there was people actually pl- like playing that scene out at the front of the, the movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> they were like playing catch at the front of the theater, which I thought was funny. But uh, I wasn't there, so I cannot confirm um, what other rules are there, Shane? I think that's it. So, just going off that, Patrick, uh, what are your vibes for this movie? I feel like it'll be interesting, for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's definitely something that you're not, you're, like, apprehensive going to, but once you're in, like Shane said, you're in. I feel like, like once that first sea of spoons comes over my head, I'll probably realize that it's everything's fine. Right now, so so like right now, you'll probably refer to it as the movie, The Room, but after watching it like Shane did, you're going to start referring to it as our movie, The yeah, Room. okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let me read you guys some trivia, because this movie is fucking ridiculous. There's 117 trivia facts, so oh I probably God. won't read them all, <laughs> but there's some fun ones that, that uh, help out with like some of the rules and stuff. Um, some funny little anecdotes too, like this one. According to Greg Sestero, Tommy Wiseau submitted the film to Paramount, hoping to get <laughs> get them as a distributor. Usually it takes about two weeks to get a reply, but this movie, however, was rejected within 24 hours. Wow. <laughs> so it's literally known as the worst movie ever made. Wow. Um, entire scenes were out of focus because nobody bothered to check the lens. Also, this movie's filmed... And he used two cameras, didn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So one's like one was like HD, top of the line, 
digital and the other one was uh, oh no he, yeah he filmed digital at the same time he bought digital cameras and he bought film cameras and he filmed them both literally as the cameras were attached to each other so he filmed basically two movies at once <laughs> so there's a rumor that they have the digital files and they might re-release it completely in digital with like oh. new shots and stuff jesus uh six million dollar budget Six million dollars. Wow. In two thousand three. And Tommy funded it himself, apparently. Yeah. Which Yeah, that's crazy. People that's love their denim unreal. jeans over there. Oh my god. Uh let's see what else here. Uh so have you have you seen yeah, you saw the disaster artist. We yeah, went and I saw, saw that. I've seen it twice. What do you what did you think of that movie? I thought it was well, I, I mean I don't I thought it was really well done. Um did, I liked it a lot. Um, I don't, I mean, obviously I wasn't on set, so I couldn't tell you if everything was perfect, but I know that he did leave some things out of the book that weren't in the movie. Like what? Um, oh, I can't remember. Um, the scene where he's doing the, the, the part where he comes out of the thing a bunch. They yeah. didn't do it actually that many times. Well, it says here he did it, um, let's see, 32 takes. Yeah. I don't remember what the movie said. That's what Greg Sestero said. Uh, and he needed cue cards to help him with his lines. So. Oh yeah. So this is another character that we're gonna we're gonna talk to you about here, Patrick, because we forgot to touch on this. Because it's oh, the, yeah. In the movie, they the uh, oh yeah. This is what it was in the in the book. They had uh, Greg. Sist- Tommy didn't want Tommy wanted Greg in the movie, but Greg didn't want to be in the movie because he read the script. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like he has rationale, so he obviously didn't want to be in it. So what he would do is he'd be a stand-in. He said, he said, Tommy, I'll be a stand-in, but I'm not going to be in the movie. And Tommy was like, okay, fine. So he would put him as a stand-in and eventually he just fired the second. The main guy. The guy who was the main guy. And then he just was like, Greg, now you're in the movie. And he <laughs> was too late. He couldn't do anything. <laughs> Could you imagine? That's just Jesus what I heard. Christ, I believe it. Um, and then we heard some stuff when, uh, they brought Best Friends, which is a second movie that they were in together. Yeah. Which was, which was way better. Way better. And actually kind of uncomfortable and seems like Tommy Wiseau actually had like an unsettling performance at parts. Yeah. He was Tommy for sure. But he definitely like, I would love to see a movie with him playing the Joker now after <laughs> seeing that fucking movie. Well, I mean, it couldn't get any worse. But uh, when Greg Sestero came down, he did a Q&A and he told a little anecdote where after the room happened, they kind of got in a fight and they weren't good for a while. And they went on like a road trip along the coast together. Oh, yeah. And he, he thought Tommy was planning on killing him on the trip. No, yeah, he thought, he thought, Tommy thought that he, Greg was going to kill Tommy on the trip. That's what it was? Yeah, and that's kind of what this second best movie is about. So it was literally, like, sleeping in motels and then, like, thinking that the dude you're with was going to, like, murder you the entire Jesus time. Jesus fucking Christ. And then they, like, start, made a new movie, which was, like, a lot more artsy, which I don't know, I don't know if I liked, but I definitely... I appreciated it more. Yeah, you definitely, like, it made it way more watchable than The Room on its own. Yeah. And it was one of those ones, too, where I kind of wanted to look at you at points and be like, what the fuck was that? But Greg was in the room. (laughs) 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 And it was like, we we saw, like, it was like a... People would, like, people would do the yelling things uh, at that during that movie and I'd be like he's in the fucking room you idiots right we got well like we got a test screening right so we got to see like the very first draft of the movie yeah that's only the first half so like nobody else really saw that movie he brought it to Saskatoon because they like Saskatoon so much and uh yeah it's fucking 
Yeah, it was uncomfortable because there was times where you're going to be like, what the fuck was that? And then I was like, oh, man, he's in the room with us. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, Peter, the character Peter. <laughs> Peter. Oh, that's the one that got married? The therapist. The therapist, yeah, yeah. He's in the movie for... So there's a therapist, Peter, who is like the the confidant, the guy who has all the good advice and helps them out. He's in the first half of the movie. And then he got fired or he quit during the making of the movie. So they replaced him with this other guy at a party who is just some random friend that you've never seen before in the movie who just comes up and starts giving them advice. Oh, and you have to just I accept that, that they know this guy. I didn't know that. I was wondering. You didn't know that? I always wondered who that guy was. I had no idea. Because somebody told me they just replaced the actor and that was supposed to still be Peter, but it's a completely different guy, 30 years younger with no glasses. <laughs> and then I read that it's just some random dude That's that was so at the funny party. Now that, I, now that I know that. So it's going to be funny watching that this time we'll around. We'll point it out when the movie, when, when it comes How up. How long it. is the movie? Is it like some really weird fucking length or is it like just a standard fucking I feel like it's length? about 80 minutes. Like it doesn't, yeah. f- it feels longer than it is. It's really <laughs> uncomfortable. Well, Especially. the sex scenes take up like 20% of it then. Oh yeah. man, it's, yeah, the sex scenes are... He fucks her belly button. There's, there's... <laughs> no joke. That's probably d- why it takes so long. No joke, he yeah, does. <laughs> there was girls sitting in front of us uh, the last time we went, and when the sex scene happened, you heard them literally like cringing out loud. They were like, oh! Ew. What? Ew! Like... Jesus. It's fucking, and, and everybody else was just clapping. You are my rose. You are my rose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I'm ex- I'm excited for this tonight. Um, <clears throat> so Peter, the guy, he seemed dazed and was touching things in one scene because the actor had suffered a concussion and Tommy wouldn't let him leave for treatment. <laughs> <laughs> well, and remember in uh in the disaster artist, the lady like fainted. From heat because it was like a hundred degrees, but he wouldn't pay for air conditioning. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or water. He's he was so fucking cheap. Uh, and then I mean, Greg he was like six million dollars on it. And Greg was like, yeah, <laughs> on the on shooting it twice apparently. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, according to uh, the disaster artist, uh, <laughs> Tommy insisted on having Greg Sestero show his butt because his reasoning was, I have to show my ass or or, or this movie won't sell. So, <laughs> so Tommy's ass is in it, and and the reason that it looks like he's fucking a belly button is because he had to show his ass in like a certain lighting, apparently. Wow. So yeah, it's, it actually looks like he's fucking her belly button, which is Good. amazing. <laughs> uh, the, the film's editor tried to convince Tommy to cut the shot of his naked butt from the movie on the grounds <laughs> that the sight of them scared his wife. <laughs> 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 that's probably why those girls were cringing because you see his ass at right. the beginning of the sex scene and it's just awful here's another fun fact Shane Drew Caffrey who is credited as an executive producer and casting agent died in 1999 three years before production began <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> yeah so that's how shit show this is uh, it was shot simultaneously on 35mm <laughs> film and high definition Tommy was confused about the differences between the formats, so he used both cameras in the same mount. <laughs> he also purchased the cameras instead of renting them, as the film as film productions usually do. So if you watch the disaster artists, they're like, you could rent it for way cheaper. And he's like, this is real Hollywood movie. We need the camera. 
it's like real fucking like weird. So the dude actually just straight up spent six million dollars on cameras instead of renting. Before that, Uh, the one before that was that the casting director died three years before. And then after that one, you started with the the shooting simultaneously. Yeah. There's something else. There's something that came to my mind, but I can't remember it. Uh, so Tommy claims to have financed the film by importing and selling leather jackets from South Korea. He refuses to further elaborate on this. However, according to Greg's book, The Disaster Artist, he said Tommy financed the film from working in real estate and entrepreneurship. So big easy. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do that impression again? <laughs> no, not really. The big easy. <laughs> um. Most of the crew were convinced the film would never be seen by anyone. So imagine getting paid to do something just because you need the money and then it becomes this fucking Jesus. cult phenomenon. They must be like still making some money off of this movie then. Uh, Tommy does. Yeah, Tommy does. <laughs> oh, Christ. oh, this is one of the two... <laughs> what was the, the beginning of it? It's got two two uh, titles. Two, oh yeah, the Wiseau production. Yeah. <laughs> so he cool. spent a bunch of money, and and you know how like the beginning it'll be like uh, Paramount, and oh, then it's the yeah, Paramount yeah, yeah. logo. He made two separate ones and couldn't decide which one to use, so he used both of them at the beginning <laughs> of the movie. Uh, he also there was uh, one of the like some inside stuff that we got from the guy that books um, Greg and Tommy for uh, the movies. He he's like emailed. Tommy's company before and it he, Tommy claims to have like an assistant and like a bunch of people that runs it and like sells the merchandise and stuff <laughs> oh yeah but if you actually like talk to the dude it's it's Tommy doing like a voice <laughs> he's like yes I don't know if Tommy can make it he's really busy tonight <laughs> like, he says it's fucking hilarious because you're like emailing the dude <laughs> trying to negotiate knowing it's Tommy Wiseau pretending to be somebody I think else the guy, I think the guy's name too when he when he when he emails him his name Johnny or something something yeah it's like johnny danger or some real <laughs> stupid name too it's the same same character's name from the movie <clears throat> so uh yeah uh the origin from this movie uh let's see another Maybe fact vampire <laughs> <laughs> after a very limited theatrical run the film has become popular as a midnight movie with a cult following audience members dress up as the characters throw spoons at the screen and toss footballs to each other tommy wiseau attends many screenings and holds q a sessions with the audience so, have you ever thought of dressing up as Tommy? Or no, anything? I would never do that. I don't dress up for even Halloween, so... Really? No. Your girlfriend must be pretty sad about that. Good thing I don't got one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you... <laughs> Maybe if you dressed up like Tommy, you would. <laughs> Just... Wouldn't that be the fucking secret to success? Yeah, dressing sure. up as Tommy fucking Wiseau. A lot of leather and a lot of hair. It seemed to be successful for him, so it might yeah. be... Many women. <laughs> uh, filming took over six months. In that time, two cinematographers, along with their crews, resigned and three actors left, being either recast or replaced with a completely different character. Well, yeah, Tommy kept firing them, right? Yeah. So that's, like... what, that's what H.H. H. Holmes did when he built that murder house. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> he didn't want people knowing what was going on. So he, <laughs> like, they, know where this, they know where this trap door is, so <laughs> yeah, goodbye. Exactly. It's like... <laughs> Peter knows too much about Johnny's psyche, so he yeah. <laughs> questioning him. He's like, "Well, this doesn't make sense for the second part. Oh, well, you're fired. Sorry." <laughs> Next, uh, according to Juliet Daniel, when Tommy Wiseau said the line "In a few minutes, bitch," everyone on set began laughing at him, and he came out of the bathroom and demanded to know what was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> 
there's there's this there's this really uncomfortable scene too where where Greg starts telling Tommy a uh, story. Mark, the character Mark starts telling Johnny a story about how he knows this guy that beat the shit out of his girlfriend and put her in the hospital. Oh, and Johnny street. just starts laughing for no reason. <laughs> Very funny, Mark. You always have the funniest stories. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking stupid. Uh, <clears throat> according to Tommy, Denny has some sort of mental disorder, which explains his behavior in the film. Philip Haldeman was not told about this. <laughs> the character. So the actor had no idea he was supposed to have... Although he's ca- he is like a 29-year-old man cast as a 16-year-old, and you can definitely tell. <laughs> you definitely fucking tell. And there, it's like this 16-year-old in the movie. You don't know who he is at the beginning. You don't know if he's their son or a neighbor movie, or what. N- yeah, this movie doesn't introduce doesn't any explain. characters. <laughs> and the they kid, just show up. The kid, the, Tommy, uh, so Johnny and Lisa go up to their room to have sex and they just leave this kid down in the in like the main floor and he just grabs an apple and starts eating it and then he goes upstairs and asks if he can join they start having like a awkward pillow fight three's three's a crowd three's a crowd (laughs) yeah man uh let's see a billboard for the film was erected on highland avenue in los angeles where it stayed for five years later the same billboard was used to promote the book the disaster artist written by greg sestero that's cool. They kept a billboard for the movie up for five years. Yeah, t- Tommy Wiseau paid to keep it up for five, five years. years. He's fucking cracked, ain't he, that man? <laughs> that dude's got too much money. Christ. So the legend of this movie, too, is I think they he paid to keep the movie in the theater for two weeks, two weeks, but nobody was coming, so they were going to get rid of it. But on one of the last nights, some college kids went and watched it just for shits and giggles, and they saw, thought it was so ridiculous, they started bringing their friends, and then they started, like, pretty much selling out the movie just because <laughs> it was so fucking stupid. Did he pay to keep it in theaters long enough so that it could be... It had the chance to be nominated for an award. Yeah, to, well, <laughs> so so in order to submit it to a film fest, it has to be in th- in theaters for three months or something. X so amount of time. He paid to keep it in there, even though like nobody was going to it. Christ, how much does that cost? Do you reckon? Well, he probably buys out the theater. I would assume. Yeah, I don't know. Do he probably just oh, yeah, just pays he, for all the movie tickets. He's got that jean jacket money. Has he? <laughs> <laughs> That's like your new SoundCloud song. <laughs> jean jacket cash. <laughs> Stacks of jeans. Tommy Wiseau was adamant about only using English in the movie while shooting uh, the Mark and Johnny play catch scene. Greg Sestero says, Catch this in French, and Tommy lost his cool and tackled him, saying, No French, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I almost have to like just read through these until they stop being interesting because all of these are just too fucking funny. <laughs> these are too really good. Too no funny. French. No French. According to Greg Sestero, Tommy Wiseau attended intended for the film to contain a subplot in which Johnny was revealed to be a vampire <laughs> <laughs> due to Wiseau's own fascination with the creatures. Maybe he a vampire. Sestero recounts how at the outset of production, Wiseau tasked members of the crew with figuring out a way to execute a sequence in which Johnny's Mercedes Benz would lift off from the roof of the townhouse, fly across the San Francisco skyline, revealing Johnny's vampiric nature. (laughs) Wiseau eventually decided to drop the subplot after learning that there was no practical way to film the car scene on the production budget. (laughs) Jesus. So... Honestly, that ending would have made more sense. Honestly, though, like if it was Johnny flying, made more sense. Yes, 
That ending would have made you less mad. If it was Johnny flying around the city, that's one thing, but he wanted <laughs> his car to signify that he was a vampire. How the fuck does that work? Does he bite the car and the car's a vampire now? Is that how it works? It's like is that, that how, fucking... Is that how vampires work? It's like the new TLC show where the kid fucks his tailpipe on his car. It's like a vampire kid biting his car. That's his new addiction. Oh, hi is spoken... Nine times and oh hey seven times, literally every time the door opens. Oh, there's another oh, one. Yeah, no, there's a there's a there's a room. I don't. This rule wasn't in the thing, but people do it at the theater when there's there's a scene where they leave the door open. There's there's lots of scenes where they leave the door and open. and people just yell close the door. <laughs> he closed the door. Then they just yell close the fucking door. Close the door, and everyone you could tell like it, it's, it's open for four minutes and it escalates. It's just like close the door. Hey, and the door's it, open. Close close the door. Close close the door. <laughs> It's fucking amazing. Uh, and, and it almost... Close the door! Almost every time somebody enters the room, it's, oh, hey. Oh, hi. Yeah. Uh, hey, Denny. Bye, like, Denny. Like, surprised to see whoever's house they're walking into. Yeah. Uh, the woman in the flower shot was not an actress, but the woman who actually worked there. According to Greg Sestero, Tommy Wiseau, upon seeing the dog, asked if it was the real thing. Tommy wanted to know if it was a real living actual dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't mention this when I when I when I met Tommy, we were throwing the football. He would throw the football to everybody <clears throat> who was in line. I was probably the third person in line. Right. We got there kind of early and he threw me the football and I threw <clears throat> it to him underhand, but I added a lot of spin to it and it kind of he caught it and it kind of, he kind of got taken back from it. Right. And he wouldn't let me throw the football after that. He wouldn't throw it back to me. He'd throw it back to everybody else's, but he would he would ignore me when I would ask for the football back. Because you almost embarrassed him. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> he, he's like, stupid he's like, American doesn't know how to play football. He's probably going to tackle you and shout no French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no French. <laughs> That'd be fucking hilarious if somebody did that next time he was in town. They just tackle each other and yell "No French, no French!" Damn it! I would, I'd do. It'd be worth getting kicked out for. Uh, Post release, Tommy Wiseau claims that this film was always meant to be a comedy full of so bad it's good moments, which the, is a lie. The rest of the cast has doubt in that theory. <laughs> God, you'll Wrong. you'll you'll realize that that's not true when yeah. you watch the movie. Wrong. Uh, so Mark. Is named after Matt Damon, according to Sestero Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> Tommy Wiseau misheard the actor's name despite his obsession with the actor. <laughs> Coincidentally, there is a notable actor producer named Mark Damon. <laughs> Whether Wiseau confused the two remains to be seen. Uh, after filming the first love scene, Tommy Wiseau decided to write in a second love scene, but Juliet Daniel, who plays Lisa, was uncomfortable with that idea. As a compromise, the second love scene between Johnny and Lisa was created from unused shots from the first love scene, which is why the candles are already lit when they arrive. Jesus. Many of the crew members had to conceal their laughter about what they were witnessing. The cameraman began to laugh so hard the camera would shake during takes. <laughs> the first director of photography had his own tent where he could laugh out of sight while ostensibly watching the footage. <laughs> Could you fucking imagine? Oh my god. Just like, uh, I'm going to check the footage real quick, holding your laughter, and then just go. chuckling in I a tent. Go my, tent. <laughs> my tent, I gotta go. Much of the furniture and decor for the living room set was a complete display room taken from the window of a thrift shop. The glass top television <clears throat> table supported by white pillars belonged to Tommy Wiseau. 
When the cinematographer complained that the set was too sparsely furnished, Wiseau sent the art department out to buy new items. They returned with framed pictures of plastic spoons, which Wiseau, impatient to continue filming, ordered hung up. Plastic spoons have become a staple of the midnight screening since and are thrown with occurrence of the spoon shot. There are 34 spoon shots. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> the longest one's like two minutes. Just, <laughs> fucking, just, just a wave just of spoons. Just to end eventually. Uh, Tommy Wiseau was so pleased with the sex scene footage that he wanted all of it in the film before an editor talked him out of it. <laughs> the first sex scene between Johnny and Lisa was nearly six minutes before it was cut in half. Juliet Danielle was sh- shocked by the lengthy sex scenes. She thought they were going to last a couple of seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. The whole thing seems a bit like Tommy just making sure that everyone's aware that he is man. He is yeah. big man. Right. Like just making sure that he's <laughs> fucking Billy Big Bulls. Yeah. So Philip Hadaman, one of the oldest cast members, played Denny, the youngest character. <laughs> Jesus. The best part is when they when they introduce that Danny's addicted to drugs and then never come back to it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's just it like... It comes out of the blue. Although the rooftop scenes were shot with green screen, an actual rooftop was available but never used during filming. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> Tommy Wiseau insisted on the entire cast being present during the filming of every scene in case he suddenly felt like throwing them into the background. <laughs> There are seven mentions of Johnny and Mark being best friends. Often He's at your sc- best friend. <laughs> often at screenings, the film attendees loudly count these mentions. So <laughs> He's your best friend. Yeah, so anytime, anytime Lisa does something to hurt Johnny, people are screaming, He's your best friend! He's his best friend! Why would you do that? <laughs> it's amazing. Like, one guy especially who's been at every screening, he seems like some middle-aged guy who goes by himself. <laughs> it sounds like he's he, genuinely mad. He him. loses his shit, man. It's he sounds like fucking that guy, amazing. He sounds like that guy who was, who was disappointed when, when wrestling. He's like, wrestling's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> yeah. And he's crying. That's what that guy reminds me of. Yeah. In a good way. Well. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. Um, he loves the movie. <laughs> Michael Rousselet and Scott Gardier, Gardner, I don't know, whatever, started the cult movement in 2003 upon seeing the first an initial run of the room in theaters. Mesmerized and obsessed, they brought a hundred friends to the final four screenings. During the last three days of the room's theatrical run, they ran amok in the theater, bringing props such as spoons, footballs, and roses as a sort of Viking <laughs> funeral, believing the film would never be seen again. It's a Viking funeral. <laughs> <laughs> The original script was significantly longer than the one used during filming and featured a lengthy, or a series of lengthy monologues. Oh my god, that would be fucking unbearable. Oh, when Tommy did uh, the Q&A here, when he was here, he ended up with a Shakespeare monologue. Really? Yeah, I remember that now. Now that you said that long monologue, that's totally him trying to show off probably. Because he ended the Q&A with like a... Like a three-minute monologue. Was it really uncomfortable? People were like leaving halfway through his monologue. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult to listen to him speak, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you can't understand him. Like without anyone else speaking in between, just listening to Tommy Wiseau's voice. Sometimes Greg would have to like be his like translator. <laughs> yeah. He'd say something he'd be like, "Yes, yeah, very big movie," and he'd be like, "Tommy said it was a great movie." <laughs> <laughs> So anonymous cast member spoke to Entertainment Weekly 
uh, <laughs> anonymous. Claimed That's that, the best part. Claimed that the script contained stuff that was just unsayable. I know it's hard to imagine there was stuff that was worse, but there was. Jesus. Apparently, man. the script editor cut out a lot of stuff because much of the dialogue was, in quotes, incomprehensible. <laughs> uh, Which I'm, is funny because the movie, as is, is, is a, pretty <laughs> incomprehensible. Right. Unlike most movies where the sets are generally closed while filming nude sequences, Tommy insisted that the set be open while filming the long love scene. He uh, belittled her, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he was a dick. According to Tommy Wiseau, Lisa's mother makes a full recovery from her breast cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Claw dance. <laughs> oh, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, people start freaking out when they find out she has cancer sometimes, too. Yeah. Uh... What else is there? Tommy esoterically addressed several fan questions in a typical Q&A feature filmed for the DVD release. Among these are, why is it called The Room? To which Wiseau replies that the title is meant to evoke a safe place for viewers. And why is everyone playing football in tuxedos and standing only three feet apart? Which we didn't mention to you yet. (laughs) Which Wiseau doesn't answer except to say that Football is fun, and that playing it without protective gear is a challenge. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things about watching, like, Q&As about this guy. If you watch any interview with him online, too, is somebody will ask him, where are you from? And he'll be like, America's a beautiful place. <laughs> he'll Sounds just, like Dr. Nick. He yeah. wouldn't be a bad Inflammable means it. Inflammable? <laughs> Inflammable. Hi everybody. Inflammable means flammable. What a country. <laughs> Kyle votes had to leave before all his scenes were shot because of a prior acting commitment. I think that's the drug dealer. Oh. Uh he told Tommy Wiseau about it months prior and Wiseau assured him filming would be wrapped by that time. That explains why oh, why his character Peter is not at the party at the end. Oh. Peter's lines were given to Steven, a completely new character who unexpectedly shows up at Johnny's birthday party. One of Peter's last lines is, that's it, I'm done. <laughs> <clears throat> the famous oh hi doggy line was improvised on the spot when Tommy noticed a tiny pug sitting on the counter of the flower shop. Wow. Hey man, he's a genius. Wow. That's no, some Daniel Day Lewis shit. Nobody else in the crew noticed the dog as it sat perfectly still on the counter. Probably because, according to the flower shop lady, the dog was really old. He took a liking to the doggy, fascinated by his quietness and cuteness. <laughs> the dog is pretty cute, I'll be honest. Uh, Tommy, that might be the best part about the movie, though. Tommy Wiseau actually made Juliet Daniels cry when he pointed out that she had pimples and everyone heard it. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah, he was was meaner. There are eight instances of the phrase, don't worry about it, plus one, don't worry about that, one, don't worry about me, two, don't worry about Johnny's, one, don't worry about those fuckers, and two, plain old don't worries. (laughs) While writing one scene with Lisa and her mother, Tommy Wiseau had Lisa talking on the phone with Claudette, and it ended with Lisa talk or walking her mother to the door because he forgot they were on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Cartoon Network's late night TV block Adult Swim aired a somewhat censored version of the film Every April Fools from 2009 to 2011. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking amazing. 
<clears throat> Despite Mark and Johnny's friendship being an integral part of the story, they do not talk with each other until the 38-minute mark of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's... I think he meets with Lisa before he even talks with Johnny, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so... Uh, what else here? A lot of the film's dialogue was dubbed, in which is why there's so many out-of-sync scenes, particularly those involving Johnny... <laughs> Tommy was said to be unable to memorize lines, necessitating the use of cue cards, and sound crew was reportedly plagued with difficulties, which is understandable hearing that guy talk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Greg Sestero stated in his book, The Disaster Artist, that Tommy Wiseau took his movie so seriously during production that he told Sestero that the lines he wrote were so amazing they would be able to put people to sleep. Ironically, Sestero found some truth in that. <laughs> <laughs> During the, sorry, I was, I was just gonna say that the I think the point of the what we're trying to make here is that the the experience of seeing the movie is way better than the actual movie. The behind the mm. mo behind the scenes, the experience, the games, like well, seeing the, it live, I'd say the theater or experience in theater. is the best. Is the best way you can watch it. Yeah. And or even with if you had a group of like fifty, well, even fifteen friends, it might be fun, but it's not nearly the same. No, it was. If you watch it alone, you're a, you're a lunatic. Don't ever come near me. <laughs> yeah, I definitely know a handful of people who have tried that. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't imagine, man. During the filming of the party confrontations and the quote unquote trashing the apartment scenes, Tommy Wiseau had been taking he heavy dosages of Nyquil to counter a stuffed nose and sore throat, coupled with a severe lack of sleep. In the movie, he looks convincingly drunk or stoned, slurring and barely awake. <laughs> but in reality, it was just that he was exhausted and on NyQuil. <laughs> Tommy once yelled at a crew member for farting on set. <laughs> That's like the best fucking like quick fact ever. Imagine being that guy. What? Imagine being that guy. Yeah, Tommy yelled at me because I farted. Yeah, you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you lose your job, man? I farted on set. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine it being so bad. He why just you, why, why were you, why you, how you can hold in? I was laughing too fucking hard. Sorry. <laughs> it was the guy in the tent. <laughs> <laughs> While filming the fight between Johnny and Mark, Tommy really was hurting Greg Sestero. By the end of it, the latter had bruises all over his arms and wrists from the former hands. Why would they write this this stupid way? Which have apparent cyborg-like strength. <laughs> 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 That's like the best description of Tommy Wiseau ever as if, if fucking Frankenstein and the Terminator were put together. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. When Greg Sestero had to call Dan Janjian to tell him that they were going to reshoot his scenes, Dan's response upon picking up the phone was, did Tommy blow up the studio yet? <laughs> uh, though it's been claimed that Johnny's phone recorder set up couldn't work in real life, Greg Sestero reveals that Tommy Wiseau actually uses the same recorder to tape every phone conversation he has. <laughs> the, the Mission Impossible one. Yeah. The phrases future wife and future husband are spoken three times and once respectively, but neither fiancé nor fiancé are said. <clears throat> so he probably just didn't know the word, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I <laughs> But he's been in America his whole life. <laughs> Here you go, Patrick. The film contains just over 10 minutes of sex scenes. Jesus. <laughs> like an 80-minute runtime? Yeah, that's... Wow. 
Greg Sestero's venomous delivery of keep your stupid comments in your pocket is due to him channeling all the frustrations of the shoot and imagining what he was actually trying to say to Tommy. Why are you doing this to me? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you doing this to me, Tommy? That's not the line, Greg. Why are you doing this? Oh, yeah. So the old lady, uh, the one who ended up having cancer. Yeah. Uh, she always wanted to act, and this was one of the only parts she could get. As such, she gave it everything she had, even nailing a scene right after being hospitalized for heat stroke. <laughs> Christ. The budget for the film reached $6 million, all of which was spent on production and marketing. Tommy has claimed that the reason the film was relatively expensive was because many members of the cast and crew had to be replaced, and each of the cast members had several understudies. <laughs> An understudy. Yeah, so... It's funny, it's ironic, though, because he's the only one that needed an understudy. (laughs) Right. Uh, Let's see what else I have here. Which is weird, though, because you'd think... Honestly, Lisa's mom is probably one of the best actors in the movie. (laughs) And, like, I mean... She had probably the worst lines. She had, like, the worst part. But, like, the entire movie is... You can like you could like maybe maybe Lisa's mom's an actress, you could tell, but the rest you can't. Like the whole movie, you're gonna leave going, What was the point of this? Yeah. Like yeah. that's how it's gonna be. Um I'll just read like one or two more here and then uh we'll we'll fucking you guys wanna go maybe just grab some spoons and then maybe grab a beer before or something? We can do that, yeah. Sounds good. Alright, so here's a couple more and then I'm gonna cut this a little bit short, but uh so here's the one that we were talking about. After low ticket sales, the film was almost immediately pulled from cinemas. Tommy Wiseau paid to keep it open in one cinema for two weeks so the film would be eligible for Oscar nominations. (laughs) It did not receive any. Which is, like, funny because the Disaster Artist actually won an Oscar. So in a way, well, in a way, Tommy won, but more so Greg. And then didn't didn't fucking... uh, James Franco bring Tommy up on stage and Tommy yeah, said Tommy something. Went, Tommy went to grab the mic and then, and then James was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was like Tommy's moment to shine and he just didn't get it. Yeah, well. Didn't he say something about that at the Q&A about how Tommy was like so upset or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was that other story he told where he didn't know the one director and then Greg was like, no, this is, he's directed a big movie. He's like, oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> He wouldn't give him the day that he wouldn't give him the time of day, and he and then then Greg had to tell him he was a big actor, he was a big deal, and he was like, oh hello, <laughs> hello. Okay, so this will be the last one, and uh, there's there's a lot more for this movie. So if you're into the room or interested in it, do your own research, look into it. You'll get lost down like the. It's like fucking... watching bad TikToks. You know what those are? Oh, no, yeah. what is that? You know what those are? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's TikToks that? is like it's like it's like <laughs> a, a music clip, and then someone's like either lip syncing or they're like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of cringy ones. Shout yeah. out to Paige and Brett for that. There's a, have, have you seen any of the newer ones uh, where there's like a new app where they do them side to side? Yeah, it's, that's, that's same it's the same thing. Same, it's fucking awful. One of the funniest it's ones so ever funny. is like, uh, there's this girl, she's lip syncing and she has a headset on and she has a PlayStation controller <laughs> and she's <laughs> pretending to play PlayStation. Have you seen this? No. And and the other guy in the other one, he's just pointing at the light on the controller and <laughs> writes a sign. It's not fucking on. What's wrong with you? Have you seen all like the the spoofs of that though? No. There's which... a guy wearing um, two Xbox controllers as oh, headphones, <laughs> playing with like yeah, a TV remote controller. 
<laughs> really? Yeah. I, I saw one. <laughs> there, was a, there was a guy playing with like a microwave. <laughs> I need, we need to look these up. It's on I, Twitter. I saw one where this this guy, this girl was just doing lip syncing and stuff. And she was just like, one of the one of the songs, it was like this one thing that girls were doing where this song kicks in real slow. And these girls pretend to blow whoever is next to them. You yeah, they're they're like, they pretend to make out with whoever. Oh, yeah, it's supposed to be making out, but the guys start, like, thrusting really fast <laughs> at their face. <laughs> and one guy, he just grabs his phone. You see him throw it across the room, and then you see his head pop up, and he smiles, and then you see piss just start pouring onto his phone. <laughs> so he just, the girl's pretending to make out with someone, and he's literally just pissing on his phone for this joke. It makes no fucking sense. This guy's like elbowing their phones from a height as well. Just yeah, yeah. Jumping onto them. Elbow so dropping them. funny, man. Yeah, man. I don't know. This world is cancer that Claudette beat, so. Well, I just, I just, <laughs> I, I love me. that there's nothing on the internet that makes people look trendy that isn't then taken over by meme culture. Right. Well, I'm surprised. Uh, well, the room is kind of a meme in itself. Yeah, so. yeah it for is, sure. It's, it's a, it is a meme. It's a meme digitally filmed and... Filmed on film. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that'll be it for for the room. So go watch it. Um, I'm gonna ask Patrick <laughs> what his thoughts are after the movie. So I'll attach yeah, a little. Provided that I haven't been killed by a, a particularly sharp plastic spoon, right. we should be fine. That'd be the best way to die. <laughs> <laughs> or die laughing. Or yeah. heat stroke. <laughs> yeah, heat stroke potentially. Or cancer. <laughs> if if Tommy owns the fucking thing. All right, so that was, this is uh, the Life with Kenny podcast. I don't know what we're going to name this, but yeah, go watch The Room. Thanks for joining us, Shane. Thank you for having me. Pussy. Pussies. <laughs> 12 seconds later. All right, so I recorded a little bit of the uh, live event itself, and the recorder wasn't monitored with headphones at all or anything, so... The audio might be a little bit choppy. I apologize for that, but uh, definitely go check out the room for yourself in a theater near you. So here's an assorted montage of crowd reactions during the live viewing of the room and also accompanied by the uh, late start intro recording of uh, the guy who introduced the movie to us. So I hope you guys enjoy. I sell them for a dollar a bundle and then I buy pizza and then when everyone goes home I pick them up and then I sell them to the same people again the and, and I buy pizza again it just goes up and uh and they're like no no like, but no what why why did they throw spoons at that movie and I'm like oh right yeah no because it has to do with that movie um so you know anytime that you see a framed picture the the we think that, you know, when Tommy was sober making the film and he went to Walmart or something, he's like, oh, that frame looked nice. And he bought a bunch of these frames to put on his set and he just kept the stock picture in. But I've been told since by Greg that, uh, it, it, no, it wasn't like that. He chose those pictures. Delete the podcast. Trying really hard to get... Uh, Tommy and Greg to come in either January or February. And uh, some dude in Ottawa made a documentary about the room that Tommy hates, so he's like, I don't want to come to Canada. I don't, I'm not going to Canada. So he just, Greg's like, I can't get him to come. But uh, if, if we can't get Tommy to come, Greg's going to come back either January or February. And we're doing a 
two-nighter. Uh, first night's going to be volume one and two of Best Friends. Oh. And then night two is going to be The Room Live. So uh, people get to come up and read off the script. Has anyone been here for a room script reading with Greg? So we're going to do the whole thing. Wow. People will get to come up and audition, and then we'll pick people to sit up and actually read through the whole original <laughs> script. And, uh, and you can throw spoons if you want. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and, and then we'll end with the screening of the room, and it'll be a lot of fun, and uh, I'll be cleaning up for a long time. But it'll be fine because I charge you guys a bunch of money to come and see it. Uh, you know, I, I don't know any other film that we play that I can just charge $12 a head over and over and over and over again and make money off of it. So thanks for coming! I, I love doing this. I've personally been here for every screening of the room that we've ever done, and sometimes I'm just like, fuck, why? Like, why am I doing this again? And then every time, right before I start the film, I'm like, right, that's why, because these people are going to have a blast! So, enjoy the hell out of the room, and uh, please keep an eye on our Facebook or whatever we do uh, for an announcement for the next event that's coming up, because like I said, either January, February, maybe even March, uh, we're going to do a big two-day event, uh, for sure with Greg, and really trying to get Tommy. So, uh, keep an eye open, and uh, yeah, in enjoy this or whatever you do with the room when you come in. <laughs> It's like so, it's like it's like somebody needing dough in their mouth. <laughs> Another one. Good. Bye.
Are people this weird in England? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they leave their shoes on all the time. Ah, fuck you. What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's legal, Peter, you fucking narc! <laughs> Could you get more dreamy? <laughs> Look at him, he's fucking perfect. <laughs> Look at him! <laughs> Preach! Welcome to my TED talk. <laughs> oh, fucking nerd! As soon as the bill comes, he's out. Probably because this fucking heating bill is so high. If you fuck her four or five more times, I'm gonna stop watching. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to anyways, because it'll be the end of the movie. <laughs> if you rip on me about 17 or 18 more times, I'm moving out. This <laughs> fucking sucks. So That's how you get a bra. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take it on fire on the legs. Oh, he's in. That's that's in. He's for sure in. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Take that, Johnny. Roasted. <laughs> Denny, come watch. Come watch, Denny. <laughs> I'll show you a thing or two. <laughs> Put your finger in my ass, Denny. <laughs> You want me to keep paying your bills? <laughs> pay for that you know what's good for you. <laughs> oh! Know where I'm from. Know <laughs> where I'm from. <laughs> Generally, when I party, I put a I put a bra on. Just flies open. X Y Z mark. Oh. Oh, got him! Oh, got you! <laughs> Roasted! <laughs> pranked, bro. You just got pranked. No, but I got a new mop head. <laughs> oh! That's fucked up. <laughs> Where are we? <laughs> Holy fuck! I'm not supposed to get 
imagine shouting that at somebody with cancer every time you see it. Like someone in the crowd is like, oh, I get it. They finally forget. One person in the distance. Out of you. <laughs> yeah, got <yeah, me. laughs> My bones are brittle from the cancer. <laughs> got him! Oh, got him! <laughs> I'm Ashton Kutcher, and this is punk. Hey, wait a minute, she's drinking. Your heels are kind of dry. What are the people doing outside? <laughs> 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 Roasted. Roasted. Got her. <laughs> where are we? Seriously, where are we? Fuck it, that's Does she have cancer? I forget. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> At least those dishes are done. Cancer! <laughs> Enjoy your cancer. Say hi to the Reaper for me. <laughs> Shit, it's locked. Oh, she has cancer. <laughs> Secret tape. Have you heard the new poison cassettes? <laughs> Don't do it, Johnny. Johnny, be good. to do normal stuff. I'm just going to do normal things, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> There's normal things going on up here. No. Yeah. Call the ambulance in about 15, 20 minutes. Will make that 30? This belt's difficult. He's <laughs> got like eight of them. <laughs> Thank you.
<laughs> Is there a fire? Wow. Hey. He just completed her role. Yeah, man. What a fucking experience. Making that was. Yeah. We just finished the room. <laughs> Shane, what are your thoughts? This is number what seven. Every time I see the room, it always seems to be a different version. Yeah, it seemed like they definitely had some sound effects that were enhanced in that one, especially with like the glass breaking and shit. Patrick, first first time viewing of the room. What do you yeah, think? It was just perfect. What? Fucking incredible. Let me ask you a couple questions. Do you regret watching that movie? No fucking way. But there's no other way to watch it than how we just did. Without a doubt. That was probably the best cinematic experience I've ever had in my life. What would you say is your favorite joke of the night that somebody in the crowd made? They were all fucking hilarious, mate. You know what got me was just somebody simply yelling cancer. <laughs> it just it was always like in the really quiet bit just after the mum left the room. She has cancer! Just as like a, a gentle reminder. It's so fucking stupid. Uh, so, Patrick, one out of five. What would you give this movie? If you were to watch it at a theater with a group of people like that, five out of five. But if you were to watch it alone? Probably kill yourself before the end. Just like Johnny? No spoilers. <laughs> Masturbate with a dress and blow your head off? <laughs> That's the dream. That's how I'm going out. <laughs> Go watch the roof. <laughs>